Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. All right, Kilmeade coming up here for our weekly visit in about 15 minutes. We'll have Dr. Buzz Hollander from the Big Island of Hawaii kind of weighing in on all the stuff that's uh, working through all of our children right now with the RSV and the congestion and the nastiness. It's certainly been through my house. And then the question is, what about COVID? And then there's Dr. Fauci, who sort of, um, was it his last press conference today? He thinks it'll be his last one. It was at the White House press conference. Let's hope so. I know Brian's going to have some things to say about that here coming up in in just a few minutes. We have Sue's News as well. And the answer to the question that everyone's really been waiting on, which boarding positions did Fred and Mark get for their separate Southwest flights (laughs) for tomorrow? Because we both, I had to stay up late last night. It was hard, by the way. I was tired watching the football game, which wasn't very good. Set my alarm, finally went off, got a good boarding position. We might as well just tell people. How early do you set your alarm? Fred, in advance by a minute, two minutes, or do you do it right on? You mean to wake up? To wake up, to go ahead and sign. It was a a 10-minute warning. Oh, 10 minutes. What would you do, Mark? My flight was at 10.20 last night, so I set one for 10.10, and then Uh I set one uh for (laughs) 10.18. And and then at 10.00. 18, I was like looking looking at my little uh, clock thinking, and you just keep pressing, pressing. I got B15. How'd you do, Fred? Uh, B36. That's not bad, though. Well, that's, you're still in the B team. You know, yeah. what, it pisses me off when you do that. You know, you're trying to get in right away. You're at the, the very moment. And then you're like C37. Oh, yeah, you got man. No, that's not good. I have good. no idea how that happens. Well, it's like Taylor Swift, Fred. There's a lot of demand <laughs> A lot sometimes. of demand, Fred. Uh, Mark Cox is with us this afternoon. He's probably just waking up from his nap, but he's had a great raffle that's been going on. I think the... Uh, the awards are going to be handed out tomorrow. Cox, how are you this afternoon? What's the details? Hey, final I'm, final opportunity to buy some tickets, right? This is it. Yeah, we, we'll cut them off tomorrow morning about 11 a.m. So people can get online and they can go to our website there, 971talk.com slash Cox, and they can buy their tickets. You know, I've called it my ATF raffle. We're having a little fun with it. Uh, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and food. And uh, it's all raising money for Responder Rescue, which is a great organization. So t- tickets are 10 bucks a piece, and, uh, you know, I'm just encouraging people to, you know, dig deep and buy a few tickets before tomorrow. If you buy five, you get one for free. So it should be a, should be a great opportunity. We'll pick it live on the, the station Facebook page tomorrow at noon. Uh, so you don't have to be there to win, but uh, we'll announce the winners and, of course, reach out and let them know. There will be four winners. 
which I'm very excited about. They'll get a, a basket of bourbon maybe with all the big famous bourbons in it, like E.H. Taylor and Blanton's and all that, uh, or, or a firearm from the range. They're offering a, a 9-millimeter uh, AR-style pistol, and then there's a box of cigars, and there's a worth 600 bucks, and there's a buffet. That's from, what uh, Sue wants. My we want clients. Grillmaster Tony. We want that, oh, that's I think. so good. <laughs> Grillmaster Tony is going to cater a dinner for up to 25 people at a date that works for both of you sometime in the next year. So four great prizes. I mean, the better odds than the lottery. Let's put it that way. Hey, separate but related. I thought this was awesome. I uh, retweeted Jasmine Hood over at Fox 2 last night. They sold out Guns and Hoses at Enterprise Center. So that's oh, amazing. That's gonna brought, you can watch that tomorrow night on Fox 2 as well and make donations for uh, Backstoppers as well. But how cool is that? And, you know, people ask me this all the time. This is shameful. I'm just going to tell you. Promoted the event for years. <laughs> never been to that event. I've never attended oh, in person. Wow. We're going. We got our tickets. I'm I'm lucky, and uh, we we've started making it a tradition. I mean, honestly, uh, I went a few years ago when Jerry Clinton first started it, and now uh, we started going back a few years ago, and it's it's a must do every Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. Great great crowd. The the bagpipe uh, entrance by the bagpipe corps when they pay honor to the fallen officers and. Firefighters oh. over the past year just sends chills down your Oh, spine. wow. This is it's the 35th so awesome. anniversary. Oh, I'll be done. Yeah. years. I know. Wow. They've been doing it a long time. And obviously, they raise money for Backstoppers, which is another great organization. And Respond to Rescue is similar, but they provide, uh, they provide uh, of course, funds for responders who are who are hurt in the line of duty. And that's, the, that's really the biggest difference. So, Where do we um, go for that, you know, Mark? How do we do that? So responderrescue.org is the is the website for the charity. They're the ones holding the raffle. I'm just kind of helping them promote it. Uh, or you can go on our website and find a link to it as well, which is uh, 971talk.com slash tops. Are you working the rest of the week? Are you working the rest of the week? Are you off? Working tomorrow. Uh, I'm working tomorrow, and then I'm off Thursday and Friday. Yeah, thanks. Thank Have you. a great Thanksgiving. Yay. Enjoy Guns and Hoses. Good luck with the raffle. We'll see if we can get some winners, maybe some extra tickets sold here this afternoon. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Mark. Have a safe flight. All right. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. 413 FM Talk. I think it's time. Am I forgetting anything else? No. Is it time for this? Let's just do it here. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. 59 years ago today, and there is some sound for this. It's, it's uh, 1963. President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas, 59 years ago. Walter Cronkite made the announcement. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th president of the United States. I'll tell you, when Walter Cronkite gets choked up, whew. You know, that's one of my first memories. I was three years old at the time. I lived in a two-family flat. I lived downstairs with my parents. My aunt and uncle lived upstairs. And I can remember my aunt running downstairs just crying. Oh, God. And her and my Fred. mom crying as they watched TV. Walter Cronkite tell it. Oof. It's uh, one of the most famous, uh, uh, I think, news bites. And it's also the one where he takes off his glasses. Oof. Yeah. 
brutal. I'm going to uh, switch gears, though, and go to this one, which is completely lighthearted. 54 years ago today, in 1968, the Beatles released their self-titled ninth album, which we all know as the White Album. Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life You were only waiting For this moment to rise I'm telling you, do you not love it? Do you not love it's it? It's one of my favorites Ah! Yeah, that's one of the Well, I like pretty much all Beatles albums But I love this song So every time I hear it, it makes me happy And then well, we're gonna I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't, that's kind of a, a Important, maybe I don't want to call it a downer of a song, but it does have some important, it does. you know, themes to it. I don't it know that they'll do that one in the Beatles' love, which I'm seeing tomorrow night at the Mirage <laughs> in Las Vegas. But um, I am a big fan of of all the music. I, I heard Paul McCartney talking about this because this was inspired by some of the racial tension was that was it. happening mm. in the U.S. So there were some themes in in that particular song. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I forgot you're seeing that. When is that? Tomorrow? Yeah, when tomorrow are you? Night. Oh, that's exciting. Seven o'clock show tomorrow night. That is really exciting. And 34 years ago today, in 1988, the B-2 stealth bomber was unveiled. Now, I read this, uh, you know, I saw that fact, and then I went in on Wikipedia, and they say it was developed to take over the Air Force, our U- U.S. Air Force's vital penetration missions, able to travel deep into enemy territory to deploy ordnance, which could include nuclear weapons. The, B-5- the B-2 is a uh, flying wing aircraft, meaning it has no fuselage or tail. Uh, and it has really significant advantages over previous bombers because, you know, they're hard to see. 34 years ago, that darn thing came out. 1988. Unbelievable to me. Well, now, since we're getting closer to Thanksgiving, I think we should talk about where uh, uh, Fred is having Thanksgiving dinner. Fred? Uh, I don't know the name of the Hello, restaurant. Fred However, over there, ladies uh-huh. and gentlemen. Uh, we're going to a Cuban restaurant in New York City. Ooh. Mark, does that not sound delicious? I think it sounds delicious, really. And, you know, because we're doing um, an on-location Thanksgiving in Las Vegas, we actually discussed maybe doing something a little non-traditional. We went back to the traditional route, which is okay. But I think you might be in for a treat there, Now, Fred, Fred had no idea what they're going to serve, uh, but we looked it up online and found out it might be a roasted I, pig. I like all of it. Roasted pig with some black beans. Abby, yum. Ooh, yeah, that sounds great. So I think you're going to, so I would like you to send me f- photos of the okay. meal. Is, your, <laughs> is Marie going to think that's weird? No, Okay, no. good. <laughs> I would like to see that. I just think that sounds delicious. Here's a, here's a little question for you here. I saw this um, in the Washington Post. Apparently they had a slow news day. But I did think it was interesting because I've experienced a range of answers to this question. The, uh, the story was, the focus of the story that they did was when to eat Thanksgiving dinner. It can be a thorny question because... Because people have different time periods. Mm-hmm. I've been, like my ex-wife's family, I remember we used to go and it was more like a midday type of I'm thing. I'm a midday. Right. So we, we've traditionally in the Reardon household been more, mainly because we never know how long the damn turkey's going to take, more 5 to 6.30 or right. 7. There's a big range there because we're not sure when the turkey's going to get done. We're going to plan for Thanksgiving in Vegas probably around 3 to 4 o'clock. So what, Fred, what do you think? Uh, our family usually would do it between 4 and 5.30. Okay. Abby? 
I think somewhere around 3 to 4.30 is yeah. normally the range. I'm 1 o'clock, people. I'm starving. I've cooked that bird. What do you mean you don't know how long it'll take? You get it. <laughs> then you look it up how long it's going to take. But ta-da! The advantage to the early yes, uh, eating then, is then you can eat again. Correct. Right? So they break then, it down here. This is what this is what you are. You're an early bird. They yes. want to ensure that they not only have room for dessert, but also a full second meal, Hello. presumably from leftovers. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Skipping the turkey and doing lots of advanced prep can help turn this into a reality. Even so, just the mention of a 12 p.m. start time sends shivers down my spine, says the Washington Post report. <laughs> then the next, uh, the next time frame, 2 to 4 p.m., in my very unscientific poll this is by far the most popular time period late enough Mm. to not really be called lunch but too early to be considered dinner at least according to my personal definitions and then you get into that later i guess i was in the 5 to 6 p.m time frame sometimes it pushed to 7 7 to 9 p.m you people are nuts yeah that's you're gonna be way way too full to go to bed plus the later you go the more snacks you eat up to that point i can't do it i gotta eat big oh it is this time of year when we ask the burning question which celebrity would you invite over for Thanksgiving dinner. Now we have a list. Uh, number ten was Scarlett Johansson. Number nine, Tina Fey. Well, who would you have, Fred, if you could have any celebrity? Mark, well, Abby, I'm, anybody? I'm just tell you, if I'm choosing between those two, I'm, spick, I'm picking Scarlett Johansson right off the bat. I don't know if I need to pick anyone else. If wait, I'm picking Scarlett. You, wait, let me give you a top five. Could you Morgan, my place too. Yeah. <laughs> number one is Morgan Freeman. Number no, two no. is Robert Downey Jr. No. What? No. Number three is Meryl Streep, but of no, course. No, I don't want. I, I see number four, Meryl Streep on Jimmy screen. Fallon. No, no, the crowd uh, didn't want Jimmy Fallon. Number either. five, no. Hugh Jackman. He might be interesting. Come I don't on. know. There's something about Hugh Jackman. I think he'd be a fun Thanksgiving um, dinner. What about uh, Jennifer Aniston? She's number six. Oh yeah, with Scarlett, if we can somehow arrange it. <laughs> Wait, absolutely. I notice a theme emerging from your uh, who you about. want over at the house. I number said six, Hugh, Hugh's fine. You know, I like his scruffy look. Uh, seven is Patrick Stewart. I, I would like Tita Fey. She's number nine. That'd be fun. You know, I think I think I kind of figured out who I'd like. Who? Any of the Cardinals. Oh, Albert Pujols. Ooh. Oh, that's not a bad Paul thought, Fred. Nolan Arenado. I want uh, Daniel Craig. He's not on this list. I don't know why. That's who I want at mine. And uh, there is a question. Well, I'm going to just talk about what Kellogg's is doing. Kellogg's essentially wants people to make gingerbread houses out of Pop-Tarts this year. Now, you could do this with the daughter. Whoever makes the best gingerbread Pop-Tart house wins 15 grand. Whoa. Right? I think that's totally worth it, Abby. Are you yeah. any good at those things? Um, My mom likes to buy us these pre-made kits that me and my brother oh. will work on, and we're kind of good at those. So. I wonder if you and I should get together and do a Pop-Tart house and I'd be down it. for it. Okay. Yeah. Alexa does those, the little pre-made yeah, gingerbread yeah. house. Yeah. Well, she could do this. Yeah, well, Fred, yeah, the structure. Well, Pop-Tarts at least are should be sturdy enough. They announced this, of course, doing a fake listing on Zillow. <laughs> it's a four-bed, two-bath home that's fully furnished. Even the bathtub and toilet lid are Pop-Tarts. And they noticed that it was on a six, wait, six ten-thousandths of an acre. They put all that in there to be funny. But along with the photos, you have to tag Pop-Tarts on Instagram or Twitter and include the hashtag gingerbread Pop-Tart entry. You can also draw your design, which sounds easier if you get those skills. But 
They claim that you can still win that way. I think that's a rip. You either have no, to wait. make it out of yeah, Pop-Tarts or not. That one. That's ridiculous. Yep. And as soon as I got to that, I thought, well, this is, well, that makes no sense. So the one thing that, you know, social media has been in the news quite a bit with Elon and all the celebrities that are leaving Twitter. The, the one thing that I really still do love about social media, and I do not have the TikTok, but every once in a while someone will show me something on the TikTok or it gets on Facebook or, or Twitter. The amount of creativity that just sometimes ordinary people have. Yes. And there are people out there that are going to yes. take this challenge on and build this amazing gingerbread right. house You're and right. win that 15 grand. You're so, right. But it better not be someone who just draws it on a piece of paper. Maybe we could do one, Abby. I still am in. We could at least tweet that out. I think it would be entertaining. If you want to, if the full rules are at poptarts.com slash contest. I do love a Pop-Tart, though. Me too. Yeah. Come on. Same. We've got them in the yeah. machine. We yeah. could do a show half <laughs> uh, version and just kind of send that in. Fred, are you in? Oh, yeah. Well, Mark, do you have any skills at decoration? I do not. Okay. <laughs> And finally, in Sue's news, we have today's. You could have just said, do you have any skills? I would have said the same answer. (laughs) Today's random fact. The youngest person to ever bowl a perfect game was a a nine-and-a-half-year-old kid in Florida, a girl. She rolled a 300 in 2013. The oldest person, how old do you think? Uh, 92. Good guess. Fred? 88. 98. 90. Oh, Sorry, everybody. Well, somebody was less than, so you win that. that. Oldest person was 90 <laughs> years old in California. He did it in 2012, and that's it for wow. Sue's News. There you go. See, that's another um, little outing I think the show has to take some time because I've done a little bowling in the last couple of years, and it's kind of fun. So we did the roller I got skating. No problem. We should do a little bowling outing. What do you think? I'm yeah. in. All right, there I'm you good. go. 424, St. Louis is home for conservative talk. Our weekly visit with the guy who's coming to town here in a couple of weeks, Brian Kilmeade, is coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers over Think your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, this has been getting a little coverage how a lot of people are getting sick, but it's not really COVID. All this other stuff, the flu, RSV, the hospitals filled up just a little bit. We'll have Dr. Buzz Hollander weigh in, family physician, good friend of the program. He's been with us for much of COVID. I feel like I miss him, too. And then, Fred, did you see um, did you see, did you see Dr. Buzz's tweet no. from earlier? He said um, he was very thrilled because he said, uh, let, me, let me not misquote Mr. Um, Mr. Buzz Hollander, on the same show as at Tom Bevan RCP, I finally made it to the bigs. I had to um, share with Dr. Hollander that uh, Tom Bevan had to be rescheduled because I blabbed too much at the beginning of the show and I crushed his dreams. Did he ever get his T-shirt that he wanted? Well, that's another story, too. Look, I ran out of sizes. I actually, I literally have Dr. Hollander's T-shirt 
in a package at my house ready to go out to the mail, and I should have mailed it today, but sometimes these things don't get done in a in timely fashion. Fred, shh, don't bring it up. I don't want him to, to know about that. But he's going to join us in the next hour. Also, Tim Summer, a uh, good friend of ours who talks music all the time, but we're going to get him to kind of break down this Ticketmaster situation because, man, is it possible that I might agree with AOC that <laughs> Ticketmaster and Live Nation and their monopoly is part of the problem here? I don't know. We'll find out. Plus an audio cut of the day in the next hour. Brian Kilmeade, who's coming to town here very, very soon to St. Louis for a great event at the MAC. I'll have some details for you here as we move along with our conversation. He joins us every week here on 97.1 FM Talk. You hear him every morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, his latest book is out in paperback, The President, the Freedom Fighter, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul. Of course, he has one nation on the weekends. He's always working hard. Brian Kilmeade, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. Yeah, what'd you, what'd you make of Fauci? What was that all about? I thought it was, you know, listen, he wants to come out of coronation. He thinks he walks on water. He doesn't. I thought Mike Pence said a lot in his book when he said when Fauci was sitting there in a meeting with everybody, even when Trump was being brusque, he understood it. Guys from Brooklyn, uh, Trump was direct from Queens, but he knew his lane. He said with the biggest mistake Biden made is put him in charge of things. I think the biggest mistake is you put him in front of the microphone. This guy was sitting there shutting down schools, working with Facebook in order to stop what he called misinformation. Uh, he was ridiculing people that said things like, oh, the, this virus came from a lab, or we're the origin of the virus. He was dismissing it as not important. He told us it wouldn't be a problem here. It was a problem here. He told us not to wear masks. gives us a false sense of security. Then we find out if you don't wear a mask, you're a horrible person. Then he wants to wear two masks. Then he wants to wear N95 masks. Then he says we're wearing them outside. Then he says we don't have to wear them outside. And what bothers me most, Mark, he never says, listen, we're just finding out about the fly. i got to change policies. Yeah. And here's the thing. He never acknowledged no, it. No, no, that's... Says, Wait a second. You know, whoa, whoa, whoa. What did you say? Did you say uh, he had somebody actually told me on my show to wear goggles? Wear goggles because you can get the virus through your eyes. Well, one of the things that Dr. McCary, I think, was making this point very early in the coverage in that why were we just listening? We made a lot of mistakes. Let's face it, a lot of mistakes in the last couple of years. But we were just listening to kind of this one guy give us the advice on everything. And I know it was a time of confusion and there were things coming at us that we had never really experienced in our lifetimes, most of us. But good Lord, just the, the way that it was the Dr. Fauci altar that was worshipped was really kind of amazing. And by the way, I was never one to demonize him, but I, I think that valid points can be made without demonizing the guy. Maybe. Uh, I just saw kids being kept out of school, uh, families being kept apart, uh, kids playing field hockey, soccer, baseball with masks on outside, uh, or they're not allowed to play. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Fired people because they were unvaccinated. Still having military being kicked out because they were unvaccinated. He could have stopped in a second. Instead, he backed it up. He kept his mouth shut when uh, when unions spoke up and said we shouldn't go back to school. He made up the whole thing about six feet apart. It turns out it was steeped in 1918, not 2028, not 2019. I mean, literally, he took it from 1918. Six feet apart means you can't bring a class back. There's not enough room in the average classroom. So I, I, I do vilify him. I mean, for acting like he knew it all, for not for backtracking without admitting you're backtracking, and then comes out and says, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Really? No, okay. I'm with you. I well, think why I'm... am I getting it? 
why am I getting it? Yeah, so I think I'm, he deserves I'm to be roughed up. No, and I, I think everyone has a right to be. I think that during, you know, I think what, what happened was is I, I gave him a bit of a too much of a pass at the time thinking, well, you know, this is the guy that this is what the country did. This is the guy that knows things because he's had all this experience. But time and time again, uh, as you just pointed out, there's a lot of things that deserved apologies. Uh, by the way, you know what's interesting right now, and I don't know if you had any messaging about this today. I check these numbers every once in a while. It's amazing how nobody's talking about COVID right now. And really, not very many people have it. The hospitalizations are down. The death numbers are down. Yeah. I, I guess it's still out there. I know one person right now that has it. But that's even shocking to me because I figured after the midterms, the media would kind of ramp it up with the COVID fear. Yeah, I mean, you never uh, don't don't sell the media short. They're, they're willing to do it, especially this administration. If they think their numbers will increase for it, sad but true. So I, I just... Uh, a couple of things are going on. Right now, uh, evidently, there's something brewing out there that our immunity is so down that everything that's coming at us, we're getting hit with some mysterious illnesses, some respiratory, some not, uh, because of what happened over the last few years. I'm willing to admit I am not a doctor. I'm not an immuni- uh, um, uh, immunization expert. I, I'm willing to admit it. But we are noticing some weird stuff coming out and people getting uh, that I've never seen before. So I'm not saying it's lethal. But it's noteworthy. Also note this, that China is still locking down their whole country when they get a handful of cases. I know. They're still doing it, and it's affecting everybody's supply chain. But it, we should be taking advantage of that, and we're not. Instead, we print more oil, and we're trying to get more electric cars and import more cobalt and lithium, all from China. So we're not taking advantage of the opportunity when the people that cause the virus actually are still suffering from the virus, and we still are not investigating where the virus came from. And I still hold bitterness to Facebook and all those others who would just wipe out your account or freeze your account. It didn't happen to me, but it happened to countless experts for coming out and saying, I got a real problem with this policy. I got a problem with the origins of the virus. Really? I'm frozen out? Doctors being frozen out? Dr. Bhattacherry, who's who played a real valuable role in this whole thing, that he's ostracized now in the medical community to try and take his medical license away because almost everything he said was correct. So I, Dr. Fauci, up front, he comes off like, I don't know if you remember Phil Rizzuto, he comes off of course, like everybody's yeah. uncle. Yeah. But I look at him as because he's got a nice demeanor about him. Some people are very nice. They just look mean. Other people are look really nice, and they're not. I put him under the not uh, saying I see him as a political animal, and he was outed by me. And I might have said this to you before, Mark. When he was done with Trump, he opted on uh, uh, um, Rachel Maddow's show and says, you're my favorite show. I've been wanting to come on, but the administration wouldn't let me. Excuse me? Yeah. yeah. Rachel Maddow's show. You know what political that is. Right, right. She's very talented, by the way. But you just know what you're getting when you watch the show. Yeah, there's no middle ground there. I mean, it's fine, but that what you see is what you get, and I guess you could say that about someone like me or you as well. But um, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. By the way, on the topic of the media, this was even better to me and funnier than the week before with the Chappelle monologue on SNL, the CBS pause of Twitter because of Elon uh-huh. Musk. Oh, my uh-huh. God. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Less than two days. Yeah, not even that. Right, and then they come out and say, you know, we've got forensic experts, and we got a laptop. I think the laptop might be real. Let's go live to our experts. 
the laptop is real. I can't believe it. So does that mean the crack picture and the hooker pictures all matter? Oh, and the CEFC contracts with the Biden family and the big guy? Oh, yeah, that too. And Bobolinsky is legitimate as an intelligence officer? Yeah, that's true. And there was no folders added because it would be impossible to fold them in? So it didn't make it worse? They said, well, it was bad, but you made it worse. Some people in the No, do you mean the 51 people that swore this was Russian disinformation were all wrong or flat out lying? Yes. CBS decides two and a half years later to toss out the forensic experts who are going to let us know what Miranda Devine wrote about with the New York Post broke, that the laptop was real, that the Biden family's doing international business and purely selling his influence. Not that he has this great idea or innovator. It's not Benjamin Franklin with the wood-burning stove. It's Biden, 60 years of Washington in, uh, ins and outs and contacts, on sale led by crackhead Hunter. And now you tell us it's real. You and I have been saying it from day one. Couldn't believe social media colluded to shelve all this stuff. And now CBS, Catherine Herridge is a great reporter, worked for us for a while. I, I think she's fantastic. She knows that was real two and a half years ago. So if you guys don't know it yet, look up CBS online. They act like they're breaking story. And on top of this, Leslie Stahl, who mocked President Trump for saying the Hunter Biden laptop story is the biggest story right now in the election cycle. And them saying they can't verify it. They made no effort. They didn't even call people on the other end of the email and say, did, did Hunter write you this email? Do you have that same copy? No one made any effort. Yeah, the, the whole thing. Look, and, and then yesterday I highlighted some of this, and, and I'm not going down conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theory routes, but this whole thing with, um, <clears throat> with Paul Pelosi, too, where you have the Channel 5 Bay Area NBC affiliate in San Francisco does a story that really kind of is exactly what Miguel Almadar did on the Today Show Live and got suspended for a couple of weeks ago, talking about how Paul Pelosi answered the door. Now, I don't know what that means. I still think there was a hammer attack, but good Lord, the Justice Department report, Brian, does not match up with what what the local DA and prosecutors are saying. So you have to kind of answer that question, don't you? Wouldn't you think? Yes. Uh, and then, and these people getting fired and suspended uh, because they bring up a legitimate story to say, listen, it's, he answered the door. He didn't seem to be in duress. Uh, there was a problem. You know, after I got in, he hit him with a hammer. Well, excuse, excuse me, what? So you said to him, he wasn't hit with a hammer until you got there. You were wrestling over the hammer. What were the cops doing? Well, it happened right what are you talking about? Why would you calmly open up the door and then, you know, there's all these questions. So this guy brings it up and he gets suspended. Like the same thing of the reporter who said, I talked to John Fetterman. He can't get a word out. He doesn't understand what I'm saying. That woman gets whipped and said, how dare you be so judgmental over a kid guy coming out of a stroke? No, he can't communicate. These are reporters. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Networks just doing normal things. Right. Miguel Amador has won Emmys, and he got he just kind of got shoved aside. No one stood up for him on the network or anything like that. Brian Kilmeade, who's coming into town next week for our big event at the MAC. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very much looking forward to it. I have to tell you a quick story because we're on the uh, the anniversary week of this, Brian. And my guest that night is going to be my uh, my friend Chris Smith. And Chris's story is is amazing. So Chris called my show a lot in 2016 before the election. He became known as, uh, he called himself Chris in the country. He was living in, you know, rural Illinois, and he was a Trump guy, Brian. Trump, Trump, Trump. He kept telling me how Trump was going to win the election. I kept telling him how stupid he was. In fact, I went this far. The, the month before the election, he called and said, Mark, Trump's going to win. I said, if Trump wins, you can come into my studio here. I was on the Camo X side. You can shave my head, right? 
Well, <clears throat> I weaseled out of that the day after the election, and I took him to a baseball game instead. The listeners hate me for that, Brian Kilmeade, and they should, because I should have kept yes. to my promise. But that's not what the story's about. So last Thanksgiving, on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I was up early before my family, and I looked at Facebook Messenger, and I saw a message that came in from a woman named Sharon. I didn't know her. And she said, Mark, are you the radio guy? This is Chris's mom, Chris Smith. He was shot in the head. And my response at the time was, wait, what? So what happened to Chris last um, Thanksgiving, the night before, he was on a date with a woman in um, Illinois, near Springfield, Illinois, not too far from here, Farmersville, actually. And her crazy boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, tracked them down, shot her in the head in his kitchen, assassinated her. Chris laid on the ground in his kitchen with his dog for like 13 hours before they found him on Thanksgiving. And he was in a coma. And the doctors didn't think he'd ever walk again. None of this stuff. In January, Brian, I get a call. I'm on my way here to work. And it's a FaceTime call. And I didn't recognize who it was. I hung up. I didn't understand the person. They were talking kind of weird. Well, he had a bunch of strokes. It was Chris calling me. And he has made this amazing recovery. His story really is remarkable. And I told him that he's going to be my guest to meet you next Friday night. So awesome. uh, he's, That'd a, be fantastic. he's a special guy. He really is. And his story is amazing. So. I had to share that with you, but we're well, very much looking forward that, to the event. Now, then, the other follow-up question would be, is he still a Trump guy? You know, he is, uh, although I think he likes DeSantis quite a bit. I told him, I said, look, we've engaged so much in politics. I'm not going to tell him he's wrong at this point. I'm not going to tell anyone anyone's wrong about Trump. I just kind of want to let the process play out, if you know what I mean. I'm with you. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, everyone knows. Uh, I mean, he just got sued again. I just looked up before, and... Now uh, the House wants his taxes, and the Supreme Court ruled they can. Will they, will they leave this guy alone? Is this unbelievable? Yeah. Well, it, it's I mean, probably going to work, work in his favor, if you think about it, because when the media goes after Trump, I think Trump ends up winning the, uh, the battles. Next Friday, December 9th, Brian Kilmeade will be here. We do have some tickets available. It's a 6 p.m. reception. The downtown MAC. Go to 971talk.com, and we're very much looking forward to it. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and we'll talk next week. Go get him, Mark Rudin. Thank you. Brian Kilmeade, who joins us every week, and he was very nice in not correcting me because Sue's trying to get my attention to say, hey, you idiot, it's not next Friday night, it's two Fridays. In my mind, I don't know what it is. It's Sometimes just because of the happens. holiday. Yes. But yeah, just to be clear, um, we still have one more Friday, so it's two weeks from this Friday, December 9th, not December 2nd or whatever that might right. be. Brian Kilmeade, live at the Missouri Athletic Club, um, 6 to 10. It's going to be a great event. The tickets include a reception, a book, book signing, dinner, a great dinner, by the way. Dinner. The, uh, mm. MAC filet and Cabernet butter mushrooms, oh. garlic and rosemary, roasted fingerling potatoes, cheesecake for dessert. There's wine. Then the program starts. We're going to do a Q&A with Brian. You'll get a chance to get your book signed. All kinds of fun stuff at the MAC downtown in just a couple of weeks. Still some room available. Go to 971talk.com to join us on that evening. 445, 971 FM Talk. We have uh, Dr. Hollander from the Big Island of Hawaii after the top of the hour. About 24 hours ago, I was in the studio. So you might remember this. I was looking up. It was probably even around 5 o'clock, and I looked up, and I was looking at the Fox feed. Remember that doorbell camera that I was mentioning yesterday yes. with the guy from the Colorado um, LGBTQ shooting? Yes. So this is coming together in a weird way. Uh, for people who are not familiar with what happened, um, guy goes in with an assault-style rifle and kills a bunch of people in Colorado. But that's not really what this is about. Right now, they're trying to figure out, you know, who this guy is and what his motivation was. Was it a hate crime, et cetera? But the background here is interesting because it says years before he allegedly walked into this club 
club with um, the rifle. The man now known as Anderson Lee Aldrich had a different name and a tumultuous past. Until age of 15, he was known as Nicholas Brink, living in San Antonio, Texas. His parents separated when he was a toddler. When he was 12, his mother, Laura Volpel, was arrested for suspected arson. That's according to court documents. She was found guilty of a lesser offense in connection with the same incident. So when he's 15 years old, he's the target of what's described as a particularly vicious bout of online bullying, where you have insults and accusations, his name, photos, online aliases. Uh, The Washington Post looked at all this. And at some point, this is weird, there was a YouTube account that was created under his name featuring a crude, profanity-laden animation under the title, Asian Homosexual Gets Molested. And then right before his 16th birthday, he petitions a court in Texas with two grandparents' names on a document to legally change his name. His mother's name was not on the petition. So five years later, this is before what happened over the weekend. This is what's curious. He tries to blow up an entire neighborhood because his grandparents wanted to relocate to Florida. So what we saw yesterday in that video was the police responding to his threats of trying to bomb an entire neighborhood. Now, listen to the story. I'm going to play some audio here because, um, and I put this out on Twitter earlier, listen to what happens during this whole thing. And by the way, what's important here for you to hear about is this guy was never indicted over this. He wasn't charged with any crimes. If he had been, maybe this wouldn't have happened over the weekend. On the day of the standoff, the suspect was seen walking up to the house wearing a COVID mask. He's lugging a large suitcase with his mother at his side. A short time later, the tense two-hour standoff takes place. You get a glimpse of the suspect in riot gear doing a Facebook Live as police surround the house. This is your boy. I've got the outside. Got the rifles out. As he walks through the house, he makes a serious threat. If they breach, I'm going to blow it to holy hell. He is breathing heavily. So, uh, go ahead and come on in, boys. See it! Eventually, Aldridge came out of the house with his hands up. So that's what you saw yesterday. So the video that we were seeing yesterday, I think some people, if you've watched the Fox coverage or other coverage of this, you see him coming out, his hands are up, it's on the ring camera, there's, you know, police at the front, there's uh, dogs, there's weapons drawn, all these things. But he was accused of doing all that, not only accused of doing it, he live-streamed all that. So everything you heard there, that's that guy's voice. But he was never charged or... or, or no, listen. What? This is your boy. I've got the sheds outside. Look at that. They got a beat on me. You see that right there? Sheds got their rifles out. If they breach, I'm going to blow it to holy hell. Yeah, this thing goes on and on and on. Um, what's not clear is did they not prosecute because there was no cooperation from his mom at the time or other people who could have linked him. But when you live stream something like that and you have all those threats on there, you'd think that maybe you can get some charges. There's another weird aspect of this, too, because his mom actually has a connection to California politics and a rap sheet of her own. Um, Her father, Randy Vopel, was a member of the state assembly in California and also a fan of what happened on January 6th. So there's still a lot of questions about what happened with this guy. But I think one of the main questions is why was he allowed to possess, get the weapon that he used at the club the other night when if he was indicted, charged with some of this in the first place, maybe that would have never happened. Law enforcement has to answer some questions there in Colorado. Get more at 971talk.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.